0: Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is
1: fascinating.
2: Playing down
0: that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my
2: way. The boys and me got a big NASA going even born to drive.
0: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your golf insiders on 740 the game.
3: I love to play. Hey, bring me another of ball. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. I love,
4: it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the Fairwoods of i4. In the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from Tour dot com and Prime Sports
5: Network, Network. Network. Com? <laughs> dot com? Everything's got dot com these days, right?
4: Absolutely. Well, thank you.
5: Welcome back.
4: Yeah, my uh, little <laughs> bout of bronchitis is just about over. Still uh, have a little residual going on, but hey. It's US Open week, the second major of the season. I don't know about you, but that just pumps me up, Jeff Shane. Absolutely.
5: And uh I think that uh, of all the majors, we always look forward to the Masters. Don't don't get me wrong, and it's great to be at, it's great to watch on television, but this is the most intriguing major of the year because of the great unknown that is Chambers Bay, Washington. And uh It's only been in existence seven years, uh, seven-plus years. It's a link-style golf course. It can be stretched to 7,900 yards if Mike Davis got really angry at somebody. But uh, the humps and the bumps, and and it's going to be very hard to learn. And we'll see if this crowns the best or just crowns the luckiest. Or the the battle
4: of uh, survivors. Uh, (laughs) Yes, amazing place. Uh, University Place, Washington, just outside Seattle, and we are going to go live with no delay to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, live from Chambers Bay. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. So uh, first, give us, you you know, just the quick scoop on this golf course. It looks amazing, Todd, the pictures and all the coverage you guys have been given on Golf Channel this thing is certainly going to be a memorable U.S. Open test. And the, not only that, but just looking at the Puget Sound could uh, put you into a state of meditation for, for a day.
2: Yeah, visually it's going to be fantastic. And I think there are four things that a player has to, have, has to have here rather, to have success on this golf course. One, you've got to be a great shot maker and have good ball control. You've got to have the right trajectory for these massive greens that are undulating. Uh, you got to hit the right segments of these greens. And, frankly, since all these players are here at the U.S. Open, a majority of them, a large majority of them, have great ball control. Uh, secondly, you've got to be patient. You've got to understand that you are going to get a bad break or two on the golf course, a weird bounce. You have to absorb it, eat it, okay, maybe get upset about it for about 10 seconds, forget about it, and move on to your next shot. Thirdly, you got to be creative because these greens are so massive and have so much undulation, so much movement. You've got to learn how to play the banks and the bumpers out here uh, because hitting a flop shot to a pin is virtually impossible. And finally, you, you've got to be fit. This is a long, difficult walk. Eight miles, 500 feet, an elevation change several times during the round. So legs will be needed come Sunday afternoon. If you have those four things, then you could easily be in the mix. On the back nine here.
5: That, that, that's all, right? And and yeah. uh, and, and I, I think we're probably looking at six-hour rounds as well, aren't we, Todd?
2: Well, the USGA um, put a flyer in each contestant's locker saying the pace of play, the target is four hours and 45 minutes. And according to the USGA, they're going to have officials or referees with every group, and they will be timed. So we will see how the pace of play is uh, beginning tomorrow morning.
4: Well, there, some of the players certainly Ian Poulter uh, was uh, a little bit uh, had had his uh, some honest words to say about his not so liking of the golf course. But uh, most of the guys seem to just have positive things. Is is that uh, you know just good for television uh, and the press well, room Todd, or is it
2: for real? To, well, first off, to Ian's defense, he didn't make a comment on the golf course. He made a comment on other players' comments on the golf course. He said, heard that some players have already seen Chambers Bay. According to them, it could be farcical. Um, that's that's just his take. He wasn't giving his review of the golf course. Um, but I have talked to a lot of players, and I have not heard one negative comment from any player. Now, they may be saying, we like the course, don't love it. <laughs> but they're not saying... We hate the course. Now, if you go into this championship with a frame of mind of not liking the golf course, frustrated with the golf course, before you even put a peg in the ground for competition, you might as well not even put the peg in the ground. You, this course will defeat you. Um, so they're trying to keep a positive frame of mind, but uh, I have yet to, again, hear anybody say a negative word about this golf course.
4: So do you think because, as Rory McElroy said it's a pure links golf course uh, that this is going to benefit the euros who of course have what won the last four out of five U.S. Opens.
2: Um, Yeah, I I do. I think, I think a European player has a slight advantage because in the UK and Europe uh, players who, who hail from there have played link style golf courses. They understand how to keep the ball on the ground and work the banks and, and, in a way to get the ball closer to the hole, um, much more than the Americans. The Americans aren't that far behind, granted. Um, They've played well in the Open Championship as of late. So, um, yeah, I I think they have a slight advantage but not a huge advantage.
4: Well, somebody we probably wouldn't have said would be licking his chops over this course a few years ago, Uh, but, you know, having won the British Open and now seeming to, and the Irish Open, and seeming to have warmed up to Lynx courses, Phil's got to be pretty excited about what he's seeing.
2: You know what? Phil is excited, and I'm excited for Phil because I think he's got a really good shot here. Um, first, because this is such an unknown, and Phil generally has a positive attitude no matter where he plays. Secondly, you remember me talking about how creative he have got to be around these greens, these large greens, and understand the, the bumps and so on? Phil is a master at that, and that's the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. His short game is superior uh, so you combine that with the fact that he loves to go around a cerebral golf course where you have to think, where you have to be a game manager. He really enjoys that. And without it, I mean, this golf course has rough, but the rough is dry and wispy. You can really move the ball out of the rough and fairly control it. Um, because of that, uh, he can he can let it go off the tee and really not worry about that many consequences. It's not a restricting golf course, so. Yeah, I think Phil's got a good shot here this week, maybe more than
5: any other USO. Uh, Todd, the, uh, a lot of comments were made a month or so ago when Mike Davis said anybody that does not come out early and get a good early look at this golf course will not win. And, of course, some players just have a difficult time fitting it into their schedules Uh is Mike Davis on point, and what have the cram sessions been like here uh, these last uh, two-and-a-half days at Chambers Bay?
2: I do think Mike Davis is on point. Um, he did say, you know, if you, you think you could show up here on Monday and play a couple of practice rounds and understand this golf course completely, then you're mistaken. I do think he's on point. I mean, let's look at how some of the world's best players have treated this U.S. Open championship as far as preparation goes. Jordan's played 18 Saturday, 18 Sunday, 9 Monday, 9 Tuesday, 9 today. He's got 63 holes <laughs> under his belt five wow. consecutive days um, in trying to learn this golf course. Rory McIlroy played 36 holes over the weekend. Uh, he's played 18 since. Uh, so these these players do understand that this is a unique layout. This is something that you have to be, again, creative um, around. So they're coming out here and trying to understand the nuances and the, and the breaks. And the bounces and because of that you know, actually these practice rounds are taking a long time if there's an indication of how long the um competitive rounds will take uh as a matter of fact um today Ricky Fowler uh hit the 10th tee played two holes took him 55 minutes he hit a shot on the twelfth hole. He oh said, "Man, this is just taking too long," and he walked off the golf course. So, so it's it's taken a while for everyone to, to gather information here. And I I firmly believe that all 156 who tee it up tomorrow in round number one, do not fully understand completely completely on how to play this golf course.
4: Well, we didn't think it would happen last year at Pinehurst that somebody would run away with the tournament, but. Martin Keimer looked at, made it look pretty easy. Of course, he went back-to-back between the players and the U.S. Open last year, and Ricky Fowler has the opportunity to do that as well.
2: Indeed, and Jordan Speed has a chance at the Grand Slam. Uh, so, um, you know, there are a lot of players. It's hard to predict the winner here. It's hard to predict a favorite. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. I have followed Rory McIlroy. i followed him over the weekend. He, he appears to like this golf course. Um, hey, I, I do think that he was embarrassed by not making the cut in his last two events, that being the BMW PGA Championship and the Irish Open on the European Tour, considering he, just weeks before, won match play in San Francisco and the Wells Fargo Championship. So he's motivated. Um, he's, he's hit the refresh button. He took a couple weeks off with even a tourist in London. Uh, so his mind is right. He's been really, really focused this week. Um... And a pure indication of that is last night he decided to come out to the golf course at 530 to see this golf course in the condition that it was in late in the day. And he did so because he believes that he will be playing in the final groups late in the day, 530, 6, 7 o'clock here locally Pacific, um, come Saturday and Sunday, meaning he's going to be in the mix. So he firmly believes he's got – a, chance to, a good chance to win this championship. And he said that he feels like he's the best player in the world. So I, if I had to put my finger on one guy, it is Rory McIlroy. I think that he's the best player on the planet right now. And this golf course magnifies mistakes, and he's making the fewest.
4: Well, it's going to be some great television to watch, prime time, of course, as well as your wall-to-wall coverage on the Golf Channel. And uh, I believe you're going to be on the air pretty soon, Todd. So we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Golf Central at 7 tonight.
2: Uh, that's right. 45 minutes.
4: All right, my friend. Thank you so much. You're Todd Lewis care. from the Golf Channel. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more live golf talk from Chambers Bay.
0: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he that uh, 3 iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking for
4: we're back the golf insiders taking you home on the fairways of i4 in the house holly g and jeff shane from PJTour.com and PrimeSportsNetwork.com. sports network.com and uh, our
5: podcast for the u.s open uh, at prime sports golf is already uh, up and running we do it a day early uh so uh, if you want a really in-depth preview of the top golfers uh, at Chambers Bay this week and and uh, who's got the best odds, you play fantasy, something like that, go to primesportsnetwork.com and uh, click on Prime Sports Golf. It's, uh, it's actually a rather lengthy podcast because it's a major, but uh, if you're looking for some good listening after this show, go for it.
4: And if you want to see some absolutely gorgeous flyover shots of Chambers Bay, Go to PGATour.com right on the home page. They've got all 18 holes, and you want to see this course. It is something else. And we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to go back live to the press center at Chambers Bay, a guy I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, one of our best journalists in the business uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the deputy editor of Global Golf Post, Mike Perky. Hey, Mike.
0: Holly G, how
4: are you? All right, I love that, that little twang from North Carolina. How are things at Chambers Bay?
0: Oh, man, it couldn't be better. Um, the weather is perfect. Uh, the golf course is interesting. Uh, the players are scratching their heads. It's going to be a great Open.
4: Yeah, I, I saw Dr. Gio Valiente, uh, who teaches at Rollins but also works with a lot of the players on the Golf Channel this morning, and he said... He was having some major mental strategy <laughs> sessions with his players.
0: Yeah, these guys don't have any idea what to do or what to expect. I mean, the golf course is so big. The greens are so big. There the multiple teeing options. And USGA Executive Director Mike Davis could set this up in one of a thousand ways. He said this morning that the golf course could play anywhere from 7,400 to 7,700 yards. And, and you know, this is one of those things where, you know, most guys when they go into major championships where they've played the U.S. Open before, they kind of have an idea of where the whole locations are going to be. They have an idea of where the T's are going to be on certain days. But here they got no clue.
4: Yeah, and, and I, like, for instance, a lot of listeners might not know this, but uh, the number one hole, which is called Puget Sound, uh, rounds one and three, it's going to be a par four. And rounds two and four, it's going to be a par five.
5: Isn't that wild?
4: Yeah, that's wild. So, and you
5: know, number 18 my- is the opposite. The days that one is a par four, 18 the, is a par five, and the other way around. So I guess the U.S. Open is going to finish on a really hard par four, right?
0: Well, you know, when it comes down to it, it's going to be the lowest score for 72 holes. I I guess, you know, it really doesn't matter what they make. The hole pars every day, you know, everybody's got to play it. But, you know, it is very unique. It's unlike anything we've ever seen in major tournament golf. the, The golf course, the way it's built, the way it's presented, as much elevation change as there is, the number of ways it could be set up, we've never seen anything like it.
4: Well, there's certainly been a shift with Mike Davis because he's quite an innovative and creative guy, the executive director of the USGA. And, you know, obviously it surprised a lot of people who are used to tuning into the U.S. Open and seeing all this green and the heavy rough like we have at many of the great historic courses. But last year at Pinehurst, suddenly we were seeing lots of browned out grass and everybody's going, What? You know, This doesn't look like the U.S. Open, and boy, are their eyes going to pop open when they see this course.
2: Oh,
0: you got that right, because, you know, the only time the golf course is going to look green is first thing in the morning after they put some water on it, because as the day goes on, uh, it's going to turn uh, uh, yellow and tan, and it's not going to look like anything you've ever seen before. You know, I've been out uh, looking at the golf course and, they got a huge practice putting green for the guys, and uh, you go by there, and it looks like there's they've already rubbed all the grass off the practice green. But uh, you know, apparently, uh, they still roll very true, and, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great test.
4: We're talking to Mike Perkey, deputy editor of Global Golf Post. Um, is there a chance this could get too hard and fast, Mike? I mean, I know they've been hand watering, and there was some video out on YouTube with the kid walking, you know, and bouncing the golf ball.
5: Did you see that? Wasn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah.
4: Um, I mean, is there, you know, any fear that this thing could get away from them? It looks like the weather's going to be perfect, but you know, if the course drives out, you know, more, it could be, it could be scary. They're,
0: you know, they're gonna, they're gonna water every evening and every morning, and they're gonna do it by hand so that they don't overdo it you know it's you know the usga all tread on a fine edge uh and and they're going to do that um you know i think they're going to be fine
4: okay yeah we had a we had a couple of blips on your cell phone there mike i know it's uh probably very busy uh in the in the press room so uh question uh, tiger woods of course uh you know after that uh, horrible showing at memorial uh coming to a pretty tough golf course uh, is 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 this like suicide for tiger uh, no, or what do I you know, think you know
0: it's it's hard to know what to expect you know on the plus side the fairways are very wide so he he's going to have plenty of room to drive it in and that's a big thing for tiger these days he's you know he's having trouble Driving it in a ten-acre field, and, and you, know, it's, you know the wide fairways here is going to are, are going to help him. Um, but when he gets around the greens, you know you got to be creative and you got to have a lot of feel and imagination. And, and I don't know if he's ready for that. You know, at least the wind's not going to blow, and then that's always a major problem with with PGA Tour players. But it, I have no idea what Tiger's going to do. I mean, he could shoot. 68 or 82
5: I, I I really don't know. Speaking of of not knowing what you're what you're getting. What if what if kind of the cram sessions, practice rounds looked like and really how many holes are they trying to be ready for? This is not it's an 18-hole golf course, and yet it's not an 18-hole golf course between all the different tees and the different pars and the pin positions. So I, I forget who it was, but somebody said, we're we're actually trying to prepare for 36 different holes on an 18-hole course.
0: Well, practice rounds are taking a long time. Um, Ricky Fowler went out for a practice round this afternoon and took took an hour to play the first two holes, and he walked off the golf course. So, you know, guys are spending a lot of time not only on the tees, but trying to get their sight lines for tee shots. But they're spending a ton of time around the greens because the greens are so large and they've got so much slope and movement in them that they're trying to figure out, you know, how you play a shot into each green. Some of the greens have side boards that you can use to feed back for the hole. Some of them have back boards. Some of them have false fronts. So, you know, there's a lot of studying going on around the greens.
4: Uh, Mike, of course, uh, all eyes are on Rory. And, you know, given probably his disappointing early exit from the Irish Open, which, as he said, this year was like his fifth major, um, you know, it seems like he's rested. He's taken a little time off that the the, uh, Lynx-type course would certainly favor his game. But as we were talking earlier, also, if you look at uh, Keimer, who won last year Rose, and then of course uh Graham McDowell, two thousand and ten, the euros have had a pretty good hold on this u s open
0: yes, they have, and um and, you know Rory is ready to go uh he as you say, he's had some rest um you know the playing the the Irish Open, it was the fifth of five tournaments in a row, and, and he just he just ran out of gas, and you know even as in a good a shape as, as these guys are in. You you play them for five weeks in a row and and you know they're going to get gassed and um, but he's he's ready to go he likes to look at the golf course uh, he has the right attitude about it and and I think that you know whoever wins this week is going to have the best attitude about the golf course you know there've been some complaints about the golf course but um, particularly from those who haven't seen it um, but you know the guys who say they really like it. Uh, They've got a leg up on everybody else and always one of
4: those guys. You know, do you think that, you know, to call, it's hard to call Jordan a young gun (laughs) because he seems so much wiser than his years, and certainly his play uh, has, you know, certainly been amazing, especially after the Masters this year coming back after last year's. Um, You know, do you think it's somebody like that's got a chance on this kind of golf course? Are we going to see somebody kind of pop up that we haven't, you know, before, yeah. like in the past when we've had like Lucas yeah. Glover or Michael Campbell, who it's sort of like, where'd this guy come from?
5: Who retired earlier this year from the game of golf, in fact.
0: You know, Jordan Smith's got a chance to win anywhere and every time he tees it up. Um, he is so talented. Um, you know, he doesn't. The thing about Jordan Spieth is that he doesn't do anything great, but he does everything really well. And he's got, uh, he's so mature. Uh, he knows how to think his way around the golf course. He doesn't make very many bad decisions. You know, we keep we keep waiting for him to do something or say something so that we'd say, oh, yeah, but he's just 21. Well, he's, he hasn't done that yet, and I don't think he will do that. And um, he's going to be very smart about preparation on this golf course now are there other people who can win absolutely you know i uh, i I like ricky fowler here i think this is a really good golf course for ricky as long as he can keep double bogeys off his card that's a problem for him but he drives it long he drives it pretty straight uh he's good around the greens uh, and winning the players championship is uh you know could be a springboard for him to win finally win a major championship uh but there are problems you know The field here is probably the weakest U.S. Open field I've ever seen. You know, the top 60 in the world automatically get in. But beyond that, there are not many guys. You know, I'd say there are probably 40 or 45 guys in this 156-man field who could actually win this thing. So it's going to be down to a select few.
4: It sure is, and it's going to be an exciting finish uh, on Sunday. Mike, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, we'll Anytime let you, time for you, Holly. We'll let you go back to work, my friend. Mike Perkey from Global Golf Post. Thanks so much. You're listening to this Golf Insider 740, The Game. We'll be right back with more golf talk, but stay with us because we're giving away some swag.
2: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's
3: just the way it is.
2: Don't play in pebble.
3: Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. Good just make
4: We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Jeff Shane. And uh, before we go back to Chambers Bay, Jeff, um, you know, Father's Day is coming up on it Sunday. is, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> I know you're a dad. And um, we've got a little giveaway we're going to give at the end of this segment. Um, we were at the ING conference a couple of weeks ago, you and I, mm-hmm. and I came across probably one of the best swing training devices I have ever seen. And I have tested a lot of them. And if you want some help Improving your consistency, timing, rhythm, and tempo. This product is for you. I can't think of anything tougher than figuring out your tempo when it goes bad. And that's something we were talking about, uh, you know, in terms of this tournament. It's going to take somebody who can really stay patient, uh you know we saw the winner of uh, the tournament last week who was a model of consistency Fabian Gomez Fabian so Gomez uh, the St. Spaniard yeah yeah i mean argentine uh, a clinic i mean i think he hit four- 14 fairways
5: very, very close, and and he was the only guy that that really stayed steady down the stretch. I believe he went bogey free on the back nine, and uh, to do that to win your first PGA event is pretty good. Yeah,
4: pretty, pretty good. So the product is called Swing Click, and uh, I met the um, two principals of the company, uh, Mike Quinn, who's the managing director, and was a former professional golfer in South Africa, and Liesel Niehaus, who is head of. Uh, international sales for Swing Click and I got to sit down and talk to them earlier today and uh, let's play that. Welcome Liesl and Mike to the Golf Insiders. It's great to have you on the show calling in all the way from South Africa tonight. Hello Holly it's nice to be on your show. Hello Holly. Hi Mike. So uh, we Just finished up the International Network of Golf Conference at the Mission Inn Resort a few weeks ago, and your product was one of the best products of the conference. In fact, uh, it caught the attention of Top 50 Golf Digest teacher Gary Gilchrist, who said he thought this was one of the best training devices he had ever seen. That was a pretty big endorsement. Tell us a little bit about the swing click and, you know, what it does to help improve your swing. Um,
3: okay, so basically it's a, it's a rhythm and tempo trainer. So the swing extracts straps to your arm and it clicks at the top of your swing. It clicks at impact and it clicks when you're finished in a balanced position. So it gives you, gives you a frame of reference of the timing and rhythm of an ideal uh golf shot. Um, Holly, as you know, rhythm starts, good rhythm starts when you finish your back swing. So it's one of the few devices on the market that that can uh, that gives you an indication of when you've reached the top of your back swing and helps you set the club consistently at the top of your back swing every time so that you can improve your consistency and, and improve your golf.
4: Well, probably the most elusive thing in the golf swing is exactly that. Timing, rhythm, and tempo. Probably one of the hardest things for instructors to teach and one of the hardest things for us as players to figure out what's gone wrong when our timing gets out of whack. And you've seen it at various tour events this year and listened to the analysts talk about it when a player such as Jason Day at the Zurich Classic was leading the tournament and faded on Sunday after a few wayward tee shots, and he ended up finishing fourth. And they were talking about the fact that he was getting quick at the top. And especially under pressure, this is something that really can destroy a, a good day on the links.
1: Yeah, Holly, the thing is, uh, you know, we, it, it's very evident, very easy for us to see the professionals do it week in, week out. There always seems to be somebody losing their rhythm. And certainly the guy that keeps his ry- rhythm the most at Chamber Bay will probably win the, um, the reality is that um, it doesn't matter at what level you play whether you're starting or whether you, you know play handicap league on a on a sunday morning or or it doesn't really the, the level doesn't matter the pressure is the same for all of us um from tour professionals right down to people who begin the game and um, you know the key factor is to try and keep that tempo and that's basically what the swing pick does it gives you the opportunity to actually hear when you reach the top of your back swing.
4: Yes. And it's, I, I love the fact that it's called swing click because like you said, it clicks in three different positions. And what I like the most about this is very rare to find in an effective training device is the fact that you can use your own golf clubs. This straps on your forearm and, you know, doesn't restrict movement in any way and you can use it on any one of your irons, your drivers, and whether it's on the driving range or playing in a practice round out on the golf course. Absolutely. And and there aren't many swing trainers that, that you
3: can do that, that you can actually take your driving range game to the golf course. Um, Holly, as you know, most of us are, are heroes on a driving range, and, and we get to the golf course, and it's an entirely different Story. So this gives you an opportunity to actually practice keeping your rhythm on on the golf course.
4: Mike, you formerly played in the Sunshine Tour, the professional tour in South Africa, and yes. I know you're also a yes. golf instructor that teaches all levels of ability. So again, this is something Correct. that anyone can use. It can fine tune you know, a better player's game. But I imagine, especially for beginners, it's so hard to make that contact with the golf ball when you're starting to learn. This has to be a home run.
1: I'm going to tell you that uh, I don't teach now without a swing click. And, you know, I've been teaching with a swing click for six months now and I've never seen, and I've never been able to get people to learn to, to hit a golf ball as quickly simply because they create more time in their golf swing. (laughs) The the more time you can create in your golf swing, the easier it actually becomes to hit a golf ball. And I'm, I, I, it's just I'm so excited about the future of the product. And and we've got a couple of young guys coming through that are using it. And and i mean the future. is just so bright for the product.
4: Absolutely. And again, it's uh, relatively uh, it's 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 only what, twenty nine dollars, this this training product. Yes, 29 dollars on, on Amazon. So if people are interested in purchasing it, I can't think of a better uh, thing to give your dad for Father's Day. They can go to Amazon.com and search SwingClick.
3: Yes, they just need to search SwingClick with one word, and um, they can also visit our website at SwingClickGolf.com.
4: Let's talk. uh, Another big topic these days is transition. Lots of chatter about that uh, on Golf Channel and various uh, pundits and analysts. Uh, And this seems to have become a very hot topic. Mike, explain a little bit about how the swing click can help with your transition and why it's so important to know where the top of your backswing is.
1: Uh, you know, the fact is that um, the more pressure you're under, the shorter your swing becomes. And a short golf swing is probably the, the, your biggest enemy on a golf course. Um, so the thing is, it's it's the ability to actually reach the top of your backswing every single time, which creates a smooth transition. And certainly over the last couple of years, I've seen a few golf coaches talking about transition and, and creating drills to try and uh, you know create a smoother transition back into the ball. Because the more violent that uh, that transition is, the more hit instinct you have, the more chance you have of hitting a bad golf shot. So there's certainly been a few uh, coaches, and I can think of a couple at the top of my head in in America that have that have you know spoken about transition. But the key factor is to find the same position at the top of your backswing every single time.
3: Also, Holly, what what happens is when you're under pressure, as you know, you get quicker and quicker, which results in you not finishing your backswing. So your swing gets shorter and shorter the quicker you get, um, which is uh, and that, that's what leads to your bad shot um, on a golf course.
4: Well, I overheard Gary Player speak before the Masters yeah. talking about the fact that uh, we're putting too much emphasis on power in the game, as well as Arnold Palmer before the Bay Hill, saying, uh, you know, these guys got to learn just to slow down a little bit. And interestingly, there was an article in Golf Digest this month about how Michelle Wee has actually slowed her swing down and is taking accuracy over the you know, distance and yardage and you've suddenly become Seeing her game get way more consistent, including winning yep. the Women's U.S. Open, so that was a that's a pretty big change. Talk about that—the difference between optimum swing and maximum swing.
1: Well, um, certainly the difference between optimum and maximum swing is is, is the actual pace of the swing, and uh, the, what the swing click does is it helps you to swing it maybe twenty percent less than your maximum golf swing, which enables you to get the club back to square. Get the ball more onto the fairways. Certainly, hit more greens. I think you're going to find this week at Chamber Bay, uh, fairways are going to be uh, absolutely crucial. The guy who hit the most fairways is probably going to, you know, end up winning that tournament. And um, that's probably the biggest factor. Is you know that the fact is you don't the hardest holes, short holes on the U.S. tour, are not the longest short holes. Um, you don't have to make a golf course longer to make it more difficult. But certainly, if you just grow the rough up and that. You put emphasis on hitting the ball in the fairway. And again, I say, it, it, I don't know if it's any different for a guy who plays weekend golf or to a, a professional. It's, it's equally as difficult to hit that fairway. And the, the, the key fact is if you want to lower your scores, you have to hit fairways. This is what it's about. It's, a, it's about creating a bit more time in your swing, smoother transition, hit more fairways, hit more greens, lower your handicap.
3: And also, Holly, just to add to that, when you're hitting a ball at maximum speed, you, you need to be technically perfect um, to to hit your great shot. Um, while it's at optimum speed, you because you have more time in your swing, it doesn't need to necessarily be technically perfect for you to hit the fairway. Um, and that's what the, the, the swing click allows you to do consistently, is consistently... Hit those fairways because you're not swinging at maximum speed. You're swinging at optimum speed.
4: Well, I truly think I've been in the golf business almost 25 years. I've tested a lot of swing training devices and various gizmos, if you will. This is one of the best products I've seen in my career. I call it the metronome. For your mind and your swing, because I've been using this now for about a month and after a little bit, you actually you you feel even if you don't have the swing click on, you feel the the click in your mind and uh, it has helped my golf game immensely. So before we let you go, uh, give us that website address again and where our audience can purchase today. Okay, it's
3: on com, and also on Amazon, um, and just search SwingClick with one word.
4: All right, SwingClickGolf.com. There's still time. You can buy your dad one for Father's Day. You can buy yourself one for Father's Day. Thanks, Liesl and Mike. We appreciate you being with Thanks, the Golf Holly. Insiders. Thank you very much, Holly. All right, we're back. So... I'm a I've become a hero on the driving range. What about you, Jeff?
5: <laughs> Lack I'm, of play. I'm usually a basket case on the driving range, but uh.
4: <laughs> well, we're going to give away some swing clicks right now uh, in honor of Father's Day and the US Open to uh, hopefully help you become a better golfer. If you call the station right now, 1-800-729-8255, Eight hundred seven two nine eight two five five we're going to give the first three callers a swing click, and uh, you'll have some fun using this product it is you're going to see it all over the place very soon you this is the golf insider seven forty the game, Holly G and Jeff Shane. We'll be back going uh talking chambers Bay uh, coming and other, up next in yeah. Another.
0: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf, then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well.
3: I want my dream. Yeah.
4: We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane. And um, because it's Father's Day, going to give away some more swag. Well, we should. I mean, and Father's Day is a, as
5: good a time as any, right? This is
4: special. Um, this is to the Cinnamon Inn, our, uh, one of our favorite sponsors up there in beautiful Mount Dora. And I played a couple of rounds Out um, in Lake County recently, there's such great golf, Red Tail, Eagle Dunes, uh, the International Club, uh, Mission Inn. And, you know, you could do a 36er, stay overnight at the Cinnamon Inn, (laughs) and uh, make it a great weekend. So uh, we're going to give uh, caller four and five a one-night stay at the Cinnamon Inn Call 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255, for those very special gift certificates for a one-night stay at the Cinnamon Inn in Mount Dora. Trust me, just the cinnamon rolls are worth the trip. (laughs) So, Jeff, um, there was other golf this past weekend, of course, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Uh, the second major of the year for the women, and a first time for this women's PGA championship, but I think long overdue. And NB Park just kind of put it on cruise control and um, won 19 under. Pretty impressive. Westchester is, you know, not a slouchy course.
5: No, I mean, it's held a a regular tour event for many years. It it held a Champions Tour major for a few years there, and, and NB Park simply... Christened the new era of the KPMG Women's PGA Championship the same way that she saw out the old era of the LPGA Championship with a win. Uh, and this was her third in a row, which puts her alongside just Annika Sorenstam and Patty Berg as the only women to be able to three-peat at an LPGA major. That is some pretty select company.
4: Yeah, and talk about a smooth, consistent swing. Boy, yeah. She is. Uh, she's a machine. Uh, a couple of other good finishes: Lexi Thompson and Brittany Lincicum and Morgan Pressel, all finishing uh, right behind Say Young Kim. So, uh, pretty pretty good. The three of three Americans in the top five there, and uh, you know, a terrific uh, first first go with the Women's PGA Championship, uh, and then.
5: We also, had, we had
4: some news on the Champions Tour.
5: Right, the uh, seniors uh, also had the, in one of their majors last week, the uh, Senior Players Championship, up at uh, Belmont Country Club in Massachusetts. And uh, with, uh, w- with with apologies to American Pharoah, this was a runaway at Belmont uh, by Bernhard Langer, who uh, actually went back to back at the Senior Players. Uh, and uh, wound up winning by six after taking an eight-shot lead into the final round. I think the uh, the only time you had to hold your breath with Bernhard in the final round was he three-putted number three, uh, and that closed the gap to six. And then he eagled number four, and we went on our way. The more interesting story, perhaps, of the final day, because it was kind of a fait accompli for Bernhard was Sunday at Belmont, began with uh, colin montgomery trying to wend his way through the streets of boston to get to a hospital to be checked out for chest pains oh my goodness and uh got there at, at like eight o'clock in the morning had about two two and a half hours to go through a battery of tests and, and the people at massachusetts general he complimented them effusively on on the their efficiency and and being able to get everything done in a timely fashion turns out it was all negative, still kind of no explanation as to what created uh, the problem uh, Saturday evening, but uh, managed to get back to uh, his tea time uh, on Sunday, shot a three under par 68, and wound up in a tie for third. So good on Monty. And uh, Monty is actually going to be in the field this week at Chambers Bay by virtue of him winning the U.S. Senior Open last year. And I suppose if you're a Brit with a lot of experience on a Lynx golf course, the Senior Open to win would have been last year, so that you could come to Chambers Bay.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Monty ha- playing some of the best golf of his career. So it just shows you don't you don't have to be uh, hanging up those clubs uh, when you when you hit fifty. I mean, it's it's really been interesting to see how he's blossomed because he's always such a great player that just sort of came up short when it came to the. To the U.S. majors,
5: yeah, he had he had a couple of chances. The uh, the playoff at uh, at the U, at the U.S. Open, uh, uh, he lost to Ernie Els. He had a chance in 06. We remember Phil throwing it away in 06, but Monty had a chance as well at 18. Hit a terrible seven iron that came up short in the long rough, and and uh, with everything else that transpired, really was kicking himself for not winning. But now he's got three senior majors. Uh, those, in fact, those are the only three. Wins that he has on the Champions Tour. And and, uh, another interesting stat is in the last seven senior majors, Monty has three, Bernhard Longer has three. So two guys that are really just dominating play on that tour.
4: Well, something uh, new and different also, not only the golf course at Chambers Bay this year for the U.S. Open, but Fox Sports Sports. Debuting its golf coverage, this is going to be uh, something new for the viewers and going to be interesting to see what uh, tricks Fox Sports provides us for some new and interesting golf coverage.
5: Well, we we know that they love the technology and love bringing something different to the game. And, uh, you know, give credit to NBC and Golf Channel and, and, and CBS for uh, the things that they do uh, technologically and showing contours and and all of the uh, all of the things that go on, but uh, the thing I'm most interested in is Fox is using drones for overhead flies.
4: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> going to be pretty cool, and it's going to be the, in prime time. The coverage over the weekend.
5: Great thing about being on the West Coast is, uh, just like NBC did, you'll be able to see a champion crowned about 10.30 on Sunday night. I
4: love it. Well, all right, who's your pick, Jeff Shane? We only have 15 seconds left.
5: I'll give you two. I'm going chalk, Jordan Spieth or Phil Mickelson.
4: I'm going Philly all the way. Love to see him win after six times being a bridesmaid at the U.S. Open. I, uh, my, my heart and soul is on on Phil.
5: Let's see what happens. The thing is, it could be somebody off the chart.
4: All right, we're out of here. The Golf Insiders, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.